This is Citizens for Community Media, Peter Helen, Dr. E. Michael Jones, and Pastor Mario Sims. Uh, we have uh, talked about this uh, theme of First Amendment <clears throat> speech, uh, and this is the show to do it on because public access allows full First Amendment rights. Uh, anything the Supreme Court says that you're allowed to say, you can say it on public access television. It's been around since, I don't know, back in the 70s. Uh, they did take it down here for six years. I did it maybe, I don't know, eight years. They took it down, AT&T with the money, was able to lobby and maneuver things and took it down. We locally rose up and said this is too important. And we lobbied like crazy. And by the grace of God, we got it back up. One of the very few people that were able to do that. Why? Because certain things need to be said in a community. And if they aren't said, uh, the church is definitely going to be at, at a disadvantage. Okay. And uh, the, the scripture I had in my mind was, uh, was Stephen, the first martyr. Mm -hmm. And it said, they could not resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. And that's the battle. When you have the truth and the truth of the gospel, People can't resist it, and if you and if you're if you're living a life like Stephen lived, you know, walking before God in a, in a holy manner, that power is going to resurrect, and it is frightening to those who are in darkness. Okay, and we saw what happened with Stephen. I mean, they, he he told them the straight truth; they couldn't handle it, you know, and they plugged his ears, Mark, you know, stoned him to death. And they, who who were they? Who were those people? Well, these, these were uh, St. Paul and his compatriots. Well, okay? but, but St. Paul, at that point... Um, was not much of a saint. Well, he was a Pharisee. He was Saul. At he, that was, point. he was Saul of Tarsus. Uh, and if you, as you both have done, if you read, I mean, this, he was a young man who, who was trained uh, to be uh, a Pharisee, was, uh, uh, was a shining star, if you would. And who were the Pharisees, okay? There was a Jewish sect that had co-opted uh, Israel at that point in time uh, and brought it under its control by determining uh, what rules should control speech. Speech, Right. And, yeah. the, and the, the Internet was then known as the synagogue. Correct. The synagogue was the place where you expressed these views. And uh, they wanted total control over the message coming out of the synagogue at a time when uh, the Jewish religion had split apart, okay? It had split apart over Jesus Christ. And the Jews who accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah were now in a life and death struggle with the Jews who rejected Jesus Christ and in doing that uh, killed him and became enemies of the entire human race. Right, and the, and the, the vice that seemed to be in him was pride. You know, Jesus said, I came to give sight to those who don't see and to blind those who see. See, so they really thought they had the message. I mean, they understood the scriptures. The Messiah was going to be a political one, right? I mean, isn't that what they thought? Well, even before uh, the stoning of Stephen, I'd like to even go back further to the first preacher who was John the Baptist. Uh, when John the Baptist spoke out uh, uh, against the moral issues that confronted uh, uh, the Jewish community at that point. We look at the reception he received. There's a consistency there. There's a consistency of uh, uh, attempting to destroy someone who's interrupting this uh, 
base of power, if you would, uh, that had co-opted uh, uh, Israel at that mm -hmm. point in time. And so I think it's important. I think we should set that as a foundation of where we're going with this because there are things that come up later if you don't understand why we take the stand and why Mike is taking the stands and why you are taking the stands, then it'll come off. You'll be misdirected in, into a whole different uh, attack, right. if you will. Well, John the Baptist and Jesus basically were doing, were being Jesus more specifically. Right. Jesus said he, everything he did, he was only doing under the Father's instructions. He didn't, he didn't do a thing apart from the Father. But, but we're also talking about consistency here. And we're talking about a 2,000-year period where it seems now that it's never se seemed more clear the consistency between then and now yeah. in my lifetime. Uh, we, are, we are in exactly the same situation, exactly the same situation, except now the synagogue is known as the Internet. And it's a worldwide uh, phenomenon. And all of these people are clamoring to talk. And here's the same group of people who are shutting down the discussion yeah. because they, they are in control of the choke points here. It's uncanny. Uncanny is the word that keeps coming to my mind are the similarities between now and then. Never in my lifetime have I, was, have I seen this, this uncanny similarity. Right, and, it, and it, you definitely bring it out with this particular instance with uh, Gab where Twitter, Trump helped Twitter really rise in their numbers, and then Twitter... Yeah, so, so, so we're, we're, this was a big attempt. Probably pre-COVID, it seemed like more of a, an overt attempt, but they're basically going to take control of the Internet after creating this thing and uh, the, the net result was the ADL got in and created this term called hate speech and imposed it on Silicon Valley and then they started getting rid of people. And uh, one of the startups, one of the uh, groups that took off during this period of time was Twitter uh, where you have the ability to make a 130 some character statement and the man who made Twitter was Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was elected president largely because he was a really good tweeter. Uh, he did Twitter very well. Yeah. You know, he, he was able to get his message out directly to the American people, made an end run around the, uh, the mainstream media, went directly to the American people, and then got elected. And so the culmination of this is uh, these oligarchs, they're not going to let this happen without their permission. So they waged war on this man for the entire four years in office. And the culmination of it is that Twitter then jumps in and kicks the most famous, the man who made them famous, the man who put them on the map, they kick him off. They kick Donald Trump off of Twitter, off of their platform. Now, if anything, <laughs> this anything shows the power of these people, of this new media, it is an act like that. Now, this is the most powerful man in the world right. who is now gets deplatformed. Well, this is unprecedented because, uh, because what, we're, what we're seeing here is a total erasure of representative government. And what you have now, because if you make the rules, you're the government. And these people were making the rules, and the rules were not the rules of the United States of America. No, and even Bernie Sanders, who still has connections to the, the old America, right. doesn't agree with Trump 
being taken so, off. So, you, so you, once again, you have something that transcends all of the old political categories. That, that's, what, that's what you're saying here, because it's something that's totally new. It's a, a, to, a coup d'etat in which a, totally, a group that you can, you can hardly identify. Like, but, are they communists? Are they capitalists? But they don't just operate. Are they on, Democrats? Are they Republicans? They don't just operate on that level, because we have two cases where they operated on our level, your case with the little flower, but, but also the case where, where I was uh, working in the jail, but I was substitute right. teaching at the same time. Right for years, and I had quite a presence in one of the biggest uh, high schools. Mm -hmm. And we were constantly, but, but I knew the rules, you know, just like today, uh, if you're on YouTube, you can't say this, you can't say that, you know how public school is. Right. Right. So I'm following all the rules, avoiding, you know, this and that, but I still brought a Bible into the classroom, mm -hmm. which, which you were supposed to be able to do. Right. But there was, come to find out, there was a Jewish person, I mean, I hate to, I don't like to have to go right, there, right, but, that's but it's just, just at least curious, right, okay, right. that they lied, told a big lie about me, and boom, they got me out of that school. And within two weeks, they had to have 10 squad cars because of trouble. So in other words, when you, when you effectively this, bring in Christianity. This is, this is in a nutshell what happened uh, in the country when they banned uh, school prayer. For, uh, from public schools, and that happened, that case came out of Abington Township, which is just north of Philadelphia, where I grew up. And um, the head of uh, the archdiocese, Archbishop Chaput, wrote an article in First Things, in which he said, talked about this thing. You know, when, when they took the Bible out of school, prayer out of school, chaos resulted, and so he says, well, who did it? Well, he said, secularizing activists did it. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean by secular? That's a category of your mind. If you go to the actual case, it's the American Jewish Committee, okay? It was the American Jewish Committee in uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, Shemp versus Abington School Board. They were the ones who uh, uh, paid for the case. Leo Pfeffer was the lawyer. He was a notorious uh, uh, Jewish lawyer who was just running rampant at that point, and that's where it came from. Okay, so once again, we have one more link in the, in, the, in the chain here about this group that no one's allowed to talk about. But I mean, get, so to get to the actual story here, uh, Trump gets kicked off of Twitter, and a lot of people get kicked off of Twitter, and then they go to Gab. And so Gab is now doing booming business uh, because they got, uh, you know, they got all these refugees uh, from Twitter. So I, I knew this. We were on Gab. Uh, and uh, so I got an email. It's from Mother Jones. Uh, we're going to do an article on Gab, and we'd like to have your comments on Andrew Torba, who is the president of Gab. So, okay, I get the. I, I, I read this. I, I, it's clear to me what's going to happen here. Okay, I am, I am the, uh, the typhoid Mary now of the Internet. I am the club that gets used to beat people like Gab into submission. Okay, you mentioned the and you're toxic, okay? So I didn't answer it. Apparently, Andrew got the same uh, message, and instead of doing what he should have done, which is, I know not the man, uh, that type of thing, I didn't know he was on Gab. This is terrible, we're banning. He didn't do it. What he did was he doubled down, and he said, yeah, I know E. Michael Jones, and uh, I, I uh, recommend his works, and here are two of them you should go out and buy. So we got a spike in sales. And then uh, once he did that, he thwarted their plan. 
So then they go into plan B. They hack the, the operation again. But it turns out that they had hacked it earlier. And the Mother Jones people, uh, this, they have this moral kind of uh, self-righteousness, this moral superiority that you could cut with a knife. But apparently they're, they're getting stolen information uh, from the hackers. They're working hand in glove with the hackers. And so they come out with the article and there's the smoking gun. Okay, what was it? Is it Andrew Torba is a drug dealer? He's being funded by uh, uh, Pablo Escobar in, no. It's conversation, private conversation on Gab between Roosh and Andrew Torba, in which Roosh says, I, I like the writings of E. Michael Jones. And Andrew says, yeah, I like him too. That's the smoking gun. So th then they jump in with uh, the SPLC. Oh, I've been on the S I'm on the SPLC list. They associated with someone who's on the SPLC list. Therefore, they're bad people. Well, it didn't work. It didn't work. And I think there's a lesson at this point is it, it, this only works if you cave into them. If you stand up to them, if you double down and say, yeah, I, I, uh, what's wrong with that? Are you, would you please send me a list of the people I'm allowed to associate with Okay, so I don't offend you anymore. Who's going to do that? Okay, they didn't do it. Back down, and that was the end of part one of this saga. Let me let me bring some context because as as you were talking about this, it's an attack against you. Okay, uh, the mind goes why, and and this is the answer that why because. You know, I started reading Mother Jones in the mid-70s, uh, 75, 76, and I always thought it was one of those uh, publications that uh, endeavor counterculture to tell, the, expose and tell the truth. Lost track of it, didn't read it anymore as I uh, grew older, and, but we were trying to expose corruption involving the Buttigieg administration, the South Bend police tapes where you had police officers discussing setting people up. And of course, uh, when uh, the uh, uh, communications director, Karen DePape, came to Mayor Buttigieg and said, this is what we have, he, she, she was fired, okay? So, uh, so I wrote Mother Jones. I emailed Mother Jones several emails four or five years ago saying, hey, th this, is, this is like, um, uh, the corruption you saw in the Los Angeles, the LAPD, uh, uh, the Ramparts Division, where they ended up paying tens of millions of dollars uh, because corrupt officers had set up uh, black defendants, okay? Now, you would think this, this magazine would be interested. So I, I smile. They never contacted me, ever, ever. And we had all the documentation supporting this. But now, as uh, Dr. Jones talks about this attack by Mother Jones, I I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to balance. You weren't the mayor. You didn't have any presidential aspirations. You weren't in a position to affect uh, 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 a governmental budget. So you have to wonder, what is the motivation for the, for the, on the one hand, here's a corrupt mayor presiding over uh, a budget of hundreds of millions of dollars for this city, who we can document, uh, has either looked the other way, uh, best case scenario, 
or knew what was going on in the South Bend police tapes, and in fact paid five of the defendants, five of the defendant officers and, and their wife off. That doesn't get Mother Jones' attention. But Dr. Jones, in simply saying words which are biblically true, biblically true, okay, now is attacked. No, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. I'm not attacked. I'm, I'm the weapon. Well, I'm the I'm but, the club that they're going to use to beat uh, Andrew Torba over the head. Well, but this is this is what I meant. Okay, this is what I meant. Um, it, it, you know, I'm reading your article and and um, uh, it, it it talks about. Uh, in fact, it mentions uh, ADL to the SPLC and and then of course shock upon shock, you had the temerity. To criticize the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, oh, yeah, that came into it too. for commandeering <laughs> the resources <laughs> while he was mayor to promote. How am the, I ever going to live that down? I wish they. Oh, geez, I attacked the I, Secretary I, of Transportation. So now, what is this? You're not allowed to talk about well, the Secretary. Well, well, keep in mind, we're bringing to we we brought. I brought to Mother Jones documented evidence of criminal acts and cover-up by his police department. We didn't get a response. Do you, okay, do you think they are an investigative type of operation to a degree? Well, I thought Mike, so. Mike is an investigative journalist to, to a True. degree, okay? Cain killed Abel out of envy. They killed Christ out of envy. Are we talking an envy at all? I mean, what? No, no. no. How could they can't envy me. Who, who in the world could envy me? What we're talking about and here on is, the level what, of getting truth what out. happened to the left? Yeah. What happened to the left over this period of time? Yeah. It used to be they were into investigative stuff. Exactly. And now, no, they're just a fax machine for the oligarchs now. Yes. They're just a hit, a hit job. This is, this is warfare. This isn't journalism. Yeah. There's no, I mean, to, to the ludicrous nature of their expose. The two people talked about me and mentioned my name, and then I had the temerity to talk about the Secretary of Transportation. This is ludicrous. This is not journalism. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. It's just someone's paying your bills, and you are the pit bull that's supposed to go out and bite Andrew Torba on the ankle. That's it. That's all there is. Now, but, but if they're told, if they're told this is journalism, and the public is told this is journalism, how are you going to tell the people it's not? Well, how you tell them is by using social media platforms, which they excluded the president from, Twitter, and and if you begin spreading too much truth, they'll remove you or put you in Facebook jail and all those kind of things. I mean, what I'm trying to do is point out. It, let, let's again. Let me make this clear. There is evidence um, in the form of um, uh, interrogatories from Karen DePave, who was the director of communications. She's the only one that heard years of South Bend police tapes and heard the conversation with the police officers, laughing and admitting they set up defendants, many black. They committed crimes. This is not undocumented. We have. Uh, discovery information. As a matter of fact, one of the larger investigative news agencies uh, um, came here and uh, began digging in uh, and talked more and, and in fact published this thing. Uh, YouTube, uh, they, they, Jonathan Larson, uh, an investigative reporter, 
substantiated what Karen DePape said. We can document crimes. We can document these acts. When we went to Mother Jones, and in other words, if you're telling me that you're this investigative reporting outlet, and for years it had been, that's why in the 70s, I would always buy a Mother Jones magazine because it always exposed corruption. It seemed to be fair and it would attack anyone. But when we come to you and say, hey, here's, we can document this. This is, this, these are criminal acts by someone who at the time was mayor running for president, okay, and, and now he's the secretary of transportation who Dr. Jones dares to criticize, okay, for coming during the resources of, well, he did. He, he did, what you said was truth. So this is, this is where the church is the pillar of truth. As a pastor, I always stand on the fact that the church is a pillar. So when I talk to Dr. Jones and, he, and I read this, then, then this is what I say. The truth is not the truth is not in Mother Jones. The truth is not in people who selectively they have selective outrage. But here's outrage for speaking the truth, but you're not outraged at in fact you defend Pete Buttigieg for corruption and and spending millions of 700 million dollars what was 1.7 million in public works projects that Pete Buttigieg overseen, okay? Most of that money went to political cronies and uh, to people who were involved in one way or the other in supporting his campaign. Now, now, now the similarity here is that Mike uh, quotes this article from the uh, Silicon Valley Insider. The shocking thing about Gab, because Gab seems to be like the answer for free speech, but you quote the article the U.S. deep state supports Gab. Well, let's, let's, that, th this, this is something we need to talk about progressively. Yeah, yeah. So the next, somehow the, get the, to that. The next chapter in this story is uh, out of the blue, the governor of Texas <laughs> announces that Gab is no longer welcome in the state of Texas because it doesn't correspond to Texas values. Who knew that Texas had values? What, the, what are they? Big hat, no cattle? Is that the Texas value? Well, no, it turns out that they're Jewish values. Here, here we've got uh, the, the, the governor of Texas, uh, a flaming support of Israel, or supporter of Israel, throughout, you know, passing all sorts of uh, uh, laws in this regard, and he's making the statement in front of this congressman, and there's he's sitting in front of a uh, Israeli flag. An Israeli flag. Well, well, he, but he says, as Israel, as Israel's number one trading partner in the United States. Well, so it's about the money. It's about the money, but it's not just that. Texas is notorious. I've been to Texas a lot. And one time I'm, I'm witnessing to a fellow that was giving me a ride and we're sharing the, I'm sharing my faith in Jesus. And he says, yeah, I believe in Jesus and Israel. They are so Schofieldized. They are so pro-Jewish because of their John Hagee and Dallas Theological Seminary. It's just intuitive to them. Are they aware that in the Bible it talks about a time of Jacob's trouble and during the seven years of of, of uh, uh, tribulation that the Jews go through three and a half years because they're being disciplined. Yeah, but go for, yeah, but that's Schofield. See, 
that is precisely basically what I don't hold to. Okay. Okay. So so but this is what I'm saying. There's what what I'm saying is this. <laughs> And, and I, I just did a show a couple weeks ago. The question was, is America a Christian country? And I pointed out a country can't be Christian. Israel is what, less than 15% Christian, okay? But what does it take to be a Christian? I went to Galatians and, and, and talked about what is it, you know, you're saved by uh, faith through grace. A country can't be saved by faith through grace, okay? So there's no such thing as a Christian country. America can't be. You can't be also because... You practice child. You you legalize child sacrifice. Well, so, if if the Constitution is totally trying to promote Christianity, but, then you could say, in but, that sense, but, the government only a couple of the founders were identified with Christianity. Yeah, but they could have left us a Christian Constitution. Okay, but here, but here's my point. When I go back to the the time of Jacob's trouble, okay, and I know this Schofield. Here, but here's my point. Okay, here, here's my point. Okay, and and I'm kind of being facetious, but. If you have Israel, that is not a Christian country. Would you agree? It's not a Christian country. Not That's at the, all. It's for, Christianity is forbidden to be, you can't evangelize right. there. Okay, so do you understand? I mean, it, to me, when Well, it's getting say, to the point we can't evangelize here either. Well, that's the whole point. But, but, that's, but that's my point. I mean, for Texas to say, you know, we, we support the people of Israel, my question is, are you... Who is Israel? What is, Thank so, you. I thought, well, I thought well, the I'm, church is Israel. I'm, I'm confused, okay? But, 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 okay, so he, he says uh, Gab is not welcome in Texas. A week before, this, the governor of Texas was saying Texas is going to be a haven for all the people who have been deplatformed. Now, how, first of all, how do you, how do you bring together uh, a left-wing magazine like Mother Jones and the Republican governor are the most conservative state in the union. Both of them are on board in this attack on Gab. What's the common denominator? Well, if we do the Venn diagram, I think there's only one common, you know, that, that little space there. What is it? They're both, uh, they're both controlled by the Jews. It's, how, what, what else can you say that's the only common denominator that holds these two, these two people what together? What he says that? He says that as Israel's number one trading partner. He doesn't. He doesn't. What he does is see this. And as you say with Schofield, and that's why I threw that out. It, it and Hagee, it's this. Here's the Israeli flag, and if you're a Christian, you have to support this flag. No, I, because I think John the Baptist first, and I think Jesus saying this is the greatest man born of woman. John. Well, what did he do? Then you look at Stephen being stoned. Stephen was Jewish, okay, and he's stoned. Why? Because he spoke truth to power. He, he spoke truth to those people who profess to have this great religious knowledge, okay? He, he was throwing back their own narrative. He well, was reminding them of their narrative, which they had somehow <laughs> played with. And they didn't want to hear it. Well, but that, so the gnashing of teeth and the stoning, now it's done on the internet. And that's what Dr. Jones is facing. See, I, I, wanna, I want people who are listening, because people get caught up and the ADL starts talking about anti-Semitism. That's not it. What we're talking about is a spirit when Barabbas, the choice was made was Barabbas, the crowd said, let his blood be on our hands. 
to, to, to pilot. You, you, yeah. you, cannot, you cannot pursue any discussion the minute the word anti-Semitism gets well, introduced. Well, but that, that's why... You, you can't... You can, that's the end of discussion. The whole term was created to end discussions, to put an end to any type of thought train that you can't imagine. So what... If we take a step back and we were to say, well... Um, well, what can we talk? How, what, what exactly can be the basis of discussion here? Well, it's very simple. Uh, is it a sin to criticize Jews? Is well, it a sin? Well, is it a sin for me to want to know? Uh, I'm kind of interested in kind of knowing what's the Chinese Chinese influence, uh, let's say in Georgia. Is it okay? What can I ask also? What is, by the way, the Jewish influence in Georgia? Can't we ask questions like no, that? No, evidently that's no. the whole point of this no. thing. In matter of fact, there are several articles about China's influence in America, and no one is, uh, you know, raising uh, the roof about that. And so, what Mike is saying that when you mention uh, Jewish interests, then it's it's the third rail, okay? When it really shouldn't be the third rail, because what he's talking about is a revolutionary spirit. Not so much a people, but a revolutionary spirit. Because the 12 apostles were Jewish and they rebelled against this same. Are they anti-Semitic? They well, were, were anti-revolutionaries. That's, that, that, well, that's the question. Was Moses anti-Semitic? He, he that, criticized Jews. See, see, that's the point. That's what I'm saying. So that's that's, what I'm but saying, but right? as soon as you put it in those terms, it, the whole thing collapses. Uh, and you you have an honest discussion, and I think this is the type of discussion that's now has to happen. It's happening in certain places, like Poland. Poland passed passed a law saying you cannot deplatform people unless they commit a crime according to the law of Poland. Right. Okay. So that went meant that government suddenly reasserted its power because now government is making the rules, and government is elected by the people. Okay. That's what has to happen. Well, if you're running your home and you see your kids, one kid is overtaking the other kids. I don't have a family. Right. Well, what's a father supposed to do? Well, he governs his home and he goes, you know what? I think it's a little out of order. I'm stepping in. Whether they like it or not, they can care well, the less. The government has to step in. The gov what's, this is what this, what this is about here. The government has to step in and say, no, we're the, we, run the, we run the country. If, if it, you can't make rules for the government. But it can't any longer because if you look at the, who controls the government, when you say government, it's, it's kind of like warm and fuzzy and like a cloud. You know, who is that? It's just, you know, who is that? But the reality is at 1 Samuel 8, uh, when Samuel came to God and said, hey, they want a king, I, you know, we, and God said, give them one. And, but this is what's going to happen. When, when, and, and you've seen... The American government start out with these great ideals, which, as I understand, was the only government that took God out of their constitution. All the other countries in Europe. No, Christian countries Christ, would yeah, ever Christian think of doing that. Right, exactly. So, so, Mike, this is what I'm saying. When you say the government needs to step in, well, you need to... Re Pete Buttigieg is a member of government now, my friend. That's right. Do, do you see what I'm saying? What, what I'm, see, there... The church has to be the pillar of truth, no matter how many stones are thrown. We have to say, wait, wait a second. Now, you can still throw your stones because I'm going to tell you the truth anyway. But the reality is what, what this man is doing is trying to bring truth to you. But, but if you don't have a state church, how is the church then going to determine right from wrong 
in the middle of the political scene. The they don't have an avenue the, to the there. church had the church had power. Yeah, the church uh, organized a, a boycott of Hollywood. The Catholic Church uh, brought Hollywood to its knees, kept Hollywood under control, kept the Jews in Hollywood under control for thirty-one years, and then they lost their nerve. They lost their nerve because of the Second Vatican Council, and the Jews were now our friends. Well, and, and see, that brings up, as far as I'm concerned, the earlier question, one thing that's pressing on my mind, where's the church at? Where's the, the, again, where's the big C church collectively that believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? They're, are they more interested in uh, having uh, basically love fests for sermons and you know, smoke machines and large screens. Well, you have the church, Mike's whole, a lot of his article was on Steve Bannon, how he's like a third, he, he's posing as a, a conservative or he's posing as something, but the truth is he's really serving the interest. Well, let me, so, so, so the next, saying the parallel the next, to the, the church. Next, the next chapter here is that uh, Torba, you know, we were, we were trying to get him to do an interview here. Uh, but uh, instead he went on Steve Bannon. And so Steve Bannon, what does he say? Are you an anti-Semite? And then Torba goes, no, 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 no. What, for, as soon as you introduce that word, it's over. I mean, you know, th have you stopped beating your wife? Uh, no. Right. Honest. Uh, yes, no, I mean, yes, yes, I have. No, I, oh, you were beating. Oh, oh, oh I, right. I'm sorry. So you um, spend the rest of the time I, So as soon as you bring, so what does, what does Steve Bannon do? He does the exact thing that Torba is not going to help Torba by bringing up this accusation. So Torba goes on and on, talks and talks, and no, 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 we have plenty. Jews love us. So the second question, are you sure you're not anti-Semite? And then the third question, he keeps harping on this thing. Well, Steve, what's the point of your uh, discussion here? Now, this leads me to wonder about Steve Bannon, because the big creation of Steve Bannon was America first. Now Torba's running on America first. Everybody's bringing back America first, but it's being purged, as you said earlier, of one of the crucial issues. America first was Charles Lindbergh, the spokesman for America first, and he gave a speech and we said there are three groups that are trying to get us into the war. It's the Roosevelt administration, it's the English, and it's the Jews. And as soon as he said the word Jew, he touched the third rail, and he went from being one of the greatest American heroes yeah. to a persona non grata pariah. Right. Uh, and everyone is supposed to spit on the sidewalk when they mention his name. Just on that, and, but he had all his speeches screened. That His top experts thought he could say that. Well, guess what? So here we are, we're back at the same, this pattern keeps repeating itself. So this leads us to wonder, well, what, did, what is Steve Bannon doing? So you look into Steve Bannon, well, what's the first job he got after he got out of the Navy? He went to work for Goldman Sachs. <laughs> what does that tell where us? Steve, where uh, Ted Cruz's wife works. <laughs> Goldman Sachs, okay. Well, maybe it was just a fluke. What about the second job? Well, he went to Hollywood then to become a producer. So a pattern is starting to emerge here. And now suddenly he's the guy. So I'm starting to think now, well, he was the one that gave us Trump. He was the one. Trump is the candidate. He was the American first candidate who was purged of all of this association with uh, isolationism, although he did have that sense about bringing the truth back. But the one thing he never wavered on was support of the Jews. So this is the way you co-opt these movements. You come in and say, yeah, we're for America first, but you have to take the, the Jewish part out of it. Oh, 
that's okay. As long as you give me money, what anything else, anything else you want me to take out, that's okay. And then so you're in the same situation. So here, that's the first Bannon one. And then uh, next day, it's Bannon two. And guess what Torba's doing? He's announcing that he's going to run for political office. Well, wait a minute. This is <laughs> so... Okay, you're going to run for political office and you're talking to Steve Bannon, and now Steve Bannon's not saying a word about anti Semitism. So now it's going to be uh, like Trump, too. You got Bannon with the guy who's going to uh, purge this guy of any of the unsavory associations, like with me. Like with me. Well, but and, they, they, they labeled you. They, they just they labeled you. Who determined that you were unsavory? I don't think so. So did you see what I'm saying? Someone just decided, hey, don't talk to this guy. Why? Because we're called to expose the works of darkness. And if you're good at exposing the works of darkness, and especially in their area, they may not like you. They don't like, they don't like. So if we're back to St. Paul, St. Stephen, it's the same story over and over again. If you say something they don't like, you will get expelled from the synagogue or deplatformed or thrown off of uh, Twitter and have to go to get Well, but, let me ask you a question, though. And I, this just, Jesus, what, was he anti-Semitic? Yes. Well, here, here, have you read the Gospel of St. John lately? <laughs> have you, this is Holy Week. We're now in the middle of Holy Week. And that's Week. why I mentioned you know, that. No, no, the main, the main problem is, is that equality is like the new morality. You probably said that. Equality is the new morality. And if that's true, how can you have a, a group of people that are 2 or 3% of the population have as much influence, I mean, have as much participation or... It no, does, doesn't, it, the, seem, it, doesn't yeah. it seem unequal? Well, but, okay, okay, equality. Okay, let, let's unpack that. Gee, I'd like to play basketball like Michael Jordan, but I can't because I'm not created equal to Michael Jordan. We're not... They're, they're, oh, no, you are. You just haven't had the opportunity. See, see, you, you, this is why I, I keep coming back to the church as a pillar of truth. But that, that's the whole point of the mic is, has the church been co-opted? Yes. What did the church, <laughs> yes. what did the church say? Yes, yes it well, has. We well, have, of course. We have to I, be honest. We oh, have to I say, agree. yes, it has. Yes. On this issue in particular. So, I mean, if you read, you know, the, the story of Holy Week, uh, you read St. John, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Pretty clear what happened here. The Jews killed Christ. If you look to St. Peter in Acts, the first chapter of Acts, he comes to Jerusalem, he says, you know, you killed Christ. And then they're cut to the heart. And then they say, what must we do to be saved? And he yeah. says, you have to be baptized. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole message in a nutshell. But you can't get away from the fact of what you did. Yeah. You know, and you're, it's so, we're back at the same, the same type of story here. Well, it's killing the messenger or stoning the messenger, I mean, is really what we're talking about, which is why you got Stephen, which is why we had John the Baptist losing his head, which is why all the, uh, the disciples became apostles, and, you know, except for uh, John, you know, who they tried to boil, uh, well, why do people not like the gospel? Why don't they like it? Because there are, their, their lives are dark. Their lives are evil. They hate the light because they love the darkness because the light exposes their wickedness. It's that simple. 
It's that simple. So there's always been a war against uh, the, uh, the the truth. And they don't want to hear that. Well, they don't want to hear it. So they're, they're, what do they do? They kill the people who say it. They, that's what they did. Saint well, basically, that's what Stephen told him. He said, "You guys are, <laughs> you guys are uh, grieving the Holy Spirit. You're ignore. I mean, you're just destroying the, what the Spirit of God is causing you, calling, causing you to do, wanting you to do." And he convicted them. Well, but here comes here he comes here, here comes Satan and says, "You're the captain of your own soul, man. Just get more money and get position and get title, and why you don't need to hear this." But if you gain uh, the I, world, I, think, I think I think it's significant that we're discussing this during Holy Week. Yes, because this is yes. this is what's brought to our attention yeah. this time of year. Well, see, I how think could these people? How could these people kill Jesus Christ? How could you? I mean, there's an element of. Disbelief here. What is going on here? Suddenly the whole world is going crazy. Suddenly he's being dragged around. When a week uh, a week before they were pray, saying Hosanna and welcoming as he should have been as the Messiah that he was, and it happened like in a week. How did this happen? It happened because God had ordained it, and it was prophesied in Scripture all throughout that this what happened was precisely what was supposed to happen. People don't like the truth. Every they, aspect they, of what Christ did, this was to fulfill scripture. You, you said it. It's darkness. Here you are, light. You come in, you're light. And the light exposes the darkness. So they get together in some room and they go, what are we going to do? we got to come up with a plan that that discredits him and silences him. And that, that people have to be smarter. And, and that's why when we talked about doing this show, I wanted to do it because I wanted to put it from a, a biblical perspective. Uh, with regard to Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones is just another John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness, trying to expose why we are suffering what we're enduring. Why, why we, in Romans 18, it starts talking about the wrath of God being revealed. There are consequences to these policies. Yeah, like why are our families falling apart? Well, what's, I, what's the bottom line? Well, okay. There, television now, you look at television and you see you know, homosexuality is pushed on commercials constantly. So anyone who stands up and says, hey, that, that you know, you, you deal with it in the church, they will tell you Christ is loving. Well, yeah, yeah. and I had some guy tell me Christ never spoke about homosexuality. I'm like, wait, you see the Trinity, you're trying to separate Jesus from the Trinity when you look at Genesis and he created the male and female and then God ordained what, determined what marriage is. But, he, but Jesus did say in Matthew, I believe, he said that marriage, a man should leave his family and cleave to his wife. Mm -hmm. so, Let no but, man put him asunder. Well, but, but truth speakers are always at risk. We, and, and that's why the church doesn't stand up because, the, you know, our church has never taken up an offering has never taken up an offering. So I never worry about who I offend because God will send whoever he wants to send. So you're basically saying that one of the reasons that the church is being co-opted is that they're holding on to things of the money well, nature? I mean, what, what do you think, what do you think what, is the weakness what, of the what church what did, what that they're, they're being co-opted? What did Governor, Governor Abbott say? I mean, he tells you. If you go, I mean, Mike identifies it. Governor Abbott says, he, he lists the number. He talks about the, the number that the trading partner. I mean, anytime, w w as a pastor, 
I would never say, hey, here's Peter Helen and Dr. E. Mike Jones. Man, they're good contributors to the church, and they give us $10 million a year. But it says here, it was a, a figure, $1.8 billion or something like that I saw. I, I, so this is what I'm saying. It's the payoff. That's what Satan always offers. You think that's where you think that's what it is, or what? What do you think? He's interrupting the money, man. Well, he hasn't said that. What do you think is the weakness of the church today that needs to build itself up to prevent itself from being so easily co-opted? Here it is, as Israel's number one trading partner. That's commerce. That's that is that is his. But where does that enter into the churches? Well, if the church is strong, we can overcome a lot of this. Joel Osteen. The man spends $91 million on a church building, which used to be the Houston, um, uh, the NBA Houston basketball stadium. The, re it, because, the reason he did it because of the number of seats, not the ability to house the homeless, but the number of seats. So then he brings in 15 or 20,000 people and he gives them a watered down gospel. Hey, don't worry about sin. It's okay. God loves you. Why? Because if I'm in darkness, I don't want to sit on Sunday and hear you tell me that I need to stop, uh, you know, being involved in adultery. Well, you think that's happening in a lot of churches? Well, yeah. The wrath of God, Peter, is being revealed in America. If, 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 you, if you're talking about the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church, the Achilles heel of the Catholic Church was always Americanism. It was always, they were always immigrants. It was an immigrant church. They came over here and they wanted to fit in. And what changed over this period of time was America. Yeah. So they're still trying to fit in yeah. to a, a, a policy now that is an abomination. So if you go to the, uh, you know, the Basilica, the, 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 uh, Notre Dame is like the classic Americanist Catholic yeah. institution, where they, you're go, you go there to have them teach you how to be a uh, an American first and a Catholic second. And the, in the beginning there, all the establishment figures of uh, the Catholic Church in America all were at the dedication of the, it wasn't a basilica, it was a Sacred Heart Church at that time. Well, the only thing that changed, the, the, the Catholic, the bishop's allegiance to America hasn't changed, but America has changed from what were they promoting in uh, the 1880s? <laughs> well, it wasn't sodomy, I guarantee you that. So this, this, this trajectory, this, this uh, evolution, where this idea of freedom worked its way through uh, to become the opposite of the moral law, instead of the, being a result of the moral law. You know, but had, they been, had to, they been astute enough, they would have seen but, that it was going to go this way. Well, they who, could, seen who, could who can look that far into the future? Because the principles, the principles behind the American uh, nation but, but see, the problem, uh, lead that way. But the problem is, Peter, here, I like to tell people, I'm not an American Christian. I'm a Christian in America. What does the scripture say? We're in this world and not of this world. That, that uh, we, we have, we're, Peter talks about being a holy priesthood. Okay, being being a nation. Okay, we as believers are a nation that should transcend any allegiance to any country. The problem is we are Americans first, and so what? What are the principles of America now? America slaughters hundreds of thousands of children. Is that what we want to believe? 
determines who we are as Christians? The fact that I'm identifying as an American Christian and people are looking at this country and saying, you guys, you slaughter 500,000 children a year in abortion. In the name of what? Freedom? Well, because, freedom. well, because that's the American principle. So that has to be reversed. That's you, you, You'd you, have to go to the core principles of, which, are, which are really kind of masonically laid. Okay. And you, how are you going to... I, I think the turning point came in 1965. It was the end of the Second Vatican Council, and it was the year that the Jews broke the production code. And they broke it because the Catholics lost their nerve. And because Hollywood came up with a Holocaust film, Holocaust porn, where the whole point, you used the Holocaust as a pretext to show bare breasts on the screen. Break the code, exploit the, uh, the suffering of the Jewish people to bring about this outcome. And then once you defeat the Catholics, then you've got no one in your way, and you take over discourse completely, which is what has happened. No. And once you allow the sexual, the bare breast, and once you start doing deep throat, what was that, 1973? Well, but because then now the Supreme Court says that's our What's happening to the men? Well, What's happening to the men when they're yielding to this sexual? Well, they, they're crippled. They become crippled. And so let, let, let's take go back to Poland. I. Uh, I helped uh, thwart gay marriage in Poland because of the Polish translation of libido dominandi. Because the Poles resisted gay marriage, now they can stand up against internet censorship. Because we mm. did not resist it, we are completely helpless here. It's like a capitulation all along the way from 65 to the present, and suddenly you realize, wait a minute, we're helpless. Well, because we're... What happened? If the men would go chaste, put it that way, if they would quit following Eve, or, you know, the sexual Eve, then they'd have... What you're saying is, then they would have strength. We would have strength. We but would... The, Satan's first attack was against the family. That's, that's the first attack, and that's always the attack. It's always to destabilize the family. The... the, the uh, wave of uh, the, uh, homosexuality, which it can't be explained in numbers because they are less than 5% of the American population. It has to be explained as something other than numbers. Yeah, but eventually Sodom and Gomorrah was <laughs> more than 5%. Well, well, okay. But, you never but, know where but, this could go. Well, well but here, here, here's, here's my point with that. My point with that is you begin accepting sin as equality. Well, you can get married. Why can't we get married? But see, marriage was never on the basis of equality. <laughs> no. It was always on the basis of God saying, this is what this is. God determined what marriage is. Either you're conforming yourself to how God says it is, or you have another something going on trying to call it marriage. That's my point. That's my point. That, that what's going on here is they have found a way. When I say they, I mean, I mean Dr. Jones said it earlier. I mean, darkness is spreading throughout the world. Darkness is spreading. And so here's the... Here's, Dr. Jones and others like him with a flashlight, with a candle, saying, hey, hey. And, and so, because light has, well, the stoning of Stephen, one guy. 
says words that angers his crowd. If you've ever spoken truth, well, you in the school, in the jail, you know that. All it takes is one man. You know, if you just think about Jesus and you go, why, man, why would they kill the guy? <laughs> you know, I mean, what, what, what was he doing? He wasn't taking your Well, he was taking their money. Think about that. Because twice he went into the temple and said, no, this, this is a den of thieves. This is not what my father wanted. The church has got to divorce itself from the umbilical cord of finance. It, it's got to sever that and understand that we walk by faith, that God will provide, and the church has to reassume. It's got to come together well, it can't, it, and stand as a pillar of it truth. It can't Peter. get its leadership from the education of these universities, which is controlled by money. Of course. See, it used to be they got their education out of places, maybe like a monastery, where you had the, the, the vows of poverty, chastity, right. and obedience, where truth then really went into the leadership, it oh, just soaked them, but those, it's not right. being soaked into them. Christian truth, historical Christian truth, is not being soaked into the leadership at these universities where they're being trained, probably because of the money. And I, I get, but I guess the story of, as, well, of what you're saying is that uh, the testimony was to the power of St. Stephen's witness. Yeah. It was just one man. It's and, always and, just and, one and man. In, a, in a sense, how could you get upset about just one man? But they were so upset they had to kill him. Uh, in a, um, a kind of mirror image of uh, Jesus, what they did to Jesus Christ, they saw him as one man. Well, why why are you getting upset about one man? But that just shows you the power that it's not so much the one man, but the message. If the message is the truth, the truth is very upsetting to these people. Yes. And, and that's I think why that's the consolation we have to draw at this point. Well, because know, we have to look at this from a spiritual perspective. Absolutely. And this is the perfect time absolutely. to look at it from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. Because you see a, a moment like this, just one man saying something like that. And then at that point, uh, this catastrophe happening. And then at the same time, it's the beginning of a whole new era. Because the catastrophe turned into the greatest blessing. Because he rose on the third day. It's, it's a great lead-in, and that's why I came to encourage you as we talk, uh, Dr. Jones. Keep speaking the truth. Truth speakers are, we need them. It, it is such a lonely, lonely road. Seriously, Peter, I can, I, if I, you know, uh, when the Bible says that before destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, can, if you could save 50, if you can get, I couldn't get 15 truth-speaking pastors in South Bend. I could we could never do the standing on the stairs uh, when the Oberkenfeld decision came out because immediately they attacked all of those pastors. I mean you're talking about truth speaking especially where truth needs to be spoke. Well of course. Of, of course. So Yeah we never got that group together again. Well you won't. You won't. Because what happens here in South Bend they're so concerned about you speaking the truth about Pete Buttigieg that the reality is what they should be concerned about are those who were silenced simply because they stood up for what their beliefs were when they stood with us that day you, yeah. can't, you can't get that yeah. group again yeah. that should be the message that should be frightening to people who watch this 
This is more than a conversation of three men. These are three men who believe in a savior. And because of that, we all have stories where we've been attacked, wrongly jailed, you lost positions, you've been attacked and had your, uh, I mean, Mike, since I've known you, this has been this constant attack against you for what? Speaking the truth, that's the darnest thing. You know, no one has accused you of Enron and stealing a billion dollars from someone. Your your crime is you spoke the truth. Well, who did that? Jesus. Amen, brother. And he spoke it to who? Well, this is this this show is uh, Citizens for Community Media, and we're here to speak uh, truth here locally. God's truth. And the goal is hopefully where you live locally. Uh, you keep pressing in, yeah. keep pressing in to know the truth and, uh, and to speak it. And like you said, the results can be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, amen. You know, that, that, that story in the Ezra, Ezra's where the king, they, they were arguing over what was the most powerful thing in the world, yeah. the king, the woman, or wine, and the guy said, no, neither three, truth is more powerful. Well, I'll tell you what, speaking truth to me, it may not make you uh, rich and famous, but it gives you the peace of God. It gives you a contentment every night knowing you're speaking the truth of God. Yeah, love rejoices in the truth. Amen. So truth and love go right together. Amen, Amen brother. Okay. Uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones, Pastor Mario Sims, uh, Peter Helen on the show Citizens for Community Media. Peter swore that he'd be true.